0: Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, Requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com slash give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered, and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start, and after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about Next Steps. Enjoy the service.
1: Hey Church, I wanted to take a second to invite you to worship with us. You know, our location has changed, but what hasn't changed is why we worship and neither has His presence, and His presence is here with us today. So before we get started, I would just invite you to invite Him wherever you are. Oh no! Yeah, God, this morning we recognize ourselves as your children. Whatever location we're at, whether we're alone in that spot, we have people around us, we are still your children and you're still with us. God, I thank you that We still have this opportunity to gather together and to worship you and to learn about you. And I thank you that you're with us, in Jesus' name.
2: And welcome to Renewal Church. I'm Jared Kirk. Thank you for joining us online today. It was so good to hear that from Dusty and Josh, shot in their apartment building. You know, with everything happening with coronavirus, we know that there's a lot of people in need and a lot of lives have been disrupted. And for us as a church as well, we kind of had a feeling that we weren't going to be able to gather even to shoot our services anymore. So Dusty's shooting from his apartment and I'm filming. Actually, this is my house my couches are moved over there my tables moved over there everything's been disrupted and that's just a small little inconvenience but it's very true that all of our lives have been turned upside down and i just think that's why we're in this teaching series called when life turns upside down that everybody all together has gone through a shift in life that maybe you saw coming, maybe you didn't see coming, but we're going to get through this together. We are here for you as a church. If you have any needs or you are able to offer help, you can always go to renewalchurchboston.com help. And we have a spreadsheet there where you can find or give help. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And just as a church, we care about you and we're going to get through this together. Now, one of the things that has turned our lives upside down is the fact that we are all alone. Now, over the last couple weeks, we were talking about other things. Last week, we talked about strength in difficult times in this teaching series. And if you missed that, you can download the Renewal Church Boston app and catch up on articles or older worship services, things like that. We encourage you to do that. You can also give. That's the fastest and easiest way to give is through the app. So last week was Strength for Difficult Times, this week is Connection in Isolating Times. And it's just true, we are, we're alone. You know, in my house, there's five of us in this house, we're homeschooling our kids, we're not seeing a lot of people. Some of you are stuck by yourself in a one-person apartment, and we are isolated. And the Bible has some incredible wisdom to give to you about how to go through times when you are alone. The Bible has this word to communicate a time of isolation, a time of stripping away of things that that don't matter, a time where you're not as comfortable as you used to be, a time where things may be uncertain and you don't know where things are going. And the word that the Bible uses, the word God uses for this is wilderness. In the Bible, there's all kinds of people who went through a wilderness time. Moses went through A wilderness. And then not long after Moses, the entire nation of Israel went through the wilderness. After Israel, David spent time in the wilderness. Elijah, one of the great miracle workers of the Bible, spent time in the wilderness. And even Jesus spent time in the wilderness. It's a time of isolation. It's a time of stripping away. It's a time where things come down to their bare essentials, a time when you're vulnerable. And it's a pivotal moment in life between what came before and what's about to come next. That is a wilderness. And I believe we are going through one of those times together as a culture through the isolation that we experience. But isolation isn't the only part of wilderness. There's actually many wildernesses that you can experience in your life. There's the wilderness of... There's a financial wilderness where you used to have plenty and now you're in a time of need. There are, there's a wilderness that comes from relational meltdown where you used to be in a long-term relationship and it's just broken up or things aren't going as well as you wish that they were going in your marriage. And so you just feel like I'm wandering here. I'm not moving with direction. I'm in the wilderness. There's wildernesses that come from grief. When you lose someone you love and your whole world is turned upside down. You just feel like, I don't know where I am. I don't know how to get through this. That's a wilderness. There's the wilderness of doubt where you just say, I don't know if God hears me. I don't know if God cares. Um, I just feel like in my spiritual life, I'm just wandering. That is a wilderness. Wilderness is also can just be a time of transition where you're going through a place in your life. You're not in Egypt anymore. And you're not in the promised land either, you're just sort of in an in-between time, unclear about where things are going. That's what wilderness is. And I truly believe that we are in a time like that together where we are isolated. But here's the thing, it is so important to get through the wilderness Well, because these times in your life, they are not an elective course. This is this kind of suffering, this kind of confusion. This is just part of how God grows us through life. And so what I want to do for you today is I want to, I want to teach you from the Bible what you can expect in the wilderness, because if you can expect it, you can get through it. It's when you're surprised by things that it becomes so difficult to find your way through. So I wanna tell you and teach you what to expect, and then I'm gonna give you some practical tips for surviving the wilderness. I call them wilderness survival tips, because it's not just about expecting, but it's about knowing what to do in the middle of a time when things have been stripped out of your life and I'm going through this just like you are. I'm learning this and growing in this with God just like you are because there's no office for me anymore. There's no staff for me anymore. I'm here working at home with my kids running around, and sometimes I love that, and sometimes it's frustrating, and we're going to get through this together. So let's look at what to expect in the wilderness together. And to look at that, we're gonna look at the life of Jesus who spent time in the wilderness. Now, there are four gospels in the Bible, those are authorized biographies of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And three of those, they're called the Synoptic Gospels, have the story of Jesus in the wilderness, and the shortest one, the most succinct one, is in the book of Mark. And that's what we're looking at today. So I hope that you'll turn with me to Mark chapter one. I've got my Bible here. You can get your online Bible if you're in the church online platform, or maybe you can just pull out an old school paper or Bible. And you may want to take notes too. Just grab a sheet of paper that's nearby and take some notes along with me as we go. Let's look at the story of Jesus in the wilderness. It's Mark chapter one, starting in about the ninth sentence. And here's what it says. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, "'You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased.'" At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And in this story of Jesus, this short encounter with Jesus in the wilderness, we learn what to expect. And here's the first thing In the wilderness, God teaches me to trust Him. When uh, the story comes, it starts with the baptism of Jesus. And this is one of those places in the Bible where you encounter the Trinity. Uh, The Bible never uses the word Trinity, but it's all over the place. If you look here, there's uh, Jesus is the Son. There's the Spirit descending like a dove, and then you hear this voice of the Father. So the Father, Son, and Spirit are all there. And what God the Father is saying to His Son is, You're my kid. I love you, and I'm proud of you. I am pleased with you. I am happy with you. And then the very next thing that happens is that the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness, which is a place of isolation, of vulnerability, and of suffering. And if that feels like a like a major con- contrast, it is. That, that's the whole point. The wilderness is the place where you have to decide, will I trust that God loves me even though I'm suffering? Or because I'm suffering, will I assume, you know what, God must not love me or God must not be pleased with me. He must be angry at me or something like that. No, the wilderness is where I choose to trust the words of God when he says, you're my child and I love you and I'm proud of you. I am pleased with you. And even though I'm suffering, I get to hold on to the words of God about me. The wilderness is where I learn to trust God. Number two, In the wilderness, my temptations are amplified. This is the other thing to expect. When you're in the wilderness, the things that normally tempt you sometimes spike to eight, nine, or 10. And here's why. Because the temptation of the wilderness is always, I don't want to go through this. I want to go around this. I want to go over this. I want to crawl under this. I want to escape from this. I just don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to be alone anymore. And so a temptation in the wilderness, if you're feeling alone, is maybe to get back into an unhealthy relationship and say, you know, I need that person so that I don't feel so alone anymore. Or it may be some of those old destructive habits that when you, when you were anxious and, and afraid, and you just didn't know what to do, you would just numb yourself, whether it was at the bottom of a bottle or the, the bottom of, you know, whatever it is. And we end up, instead of going through this wilderness and saying, God, what do you want to do in me? We give into temptation and end up, guilty and ashamed and wishing we'd never done that in the first place. And so you need to expect in the wilderness that your temptations will be amplified. The third thing to expect is that in the wilderness, I learn that God is enough. You know, it's true that you don't know that God is all you need until God is all you have. But one of the hidden blessings of a wilderness time in your life is that all those other things that you depended on, All of the achievement and the identity that you got from your work, all of the stability and security that you got from your money, that so many of those things are stripped away from you. Maybe even relationships, maybe even some good, healthy relationships are pulled away from you, and you discover that if all you have is God, then you have enough. So expect that in the wilderness. And then the last thing to expect in the wilderness in the wilderness, My obedience shapes my future. You see, Jesus was obedient in the wilderness and he comes right out of it to start his public ministry. Before this, he was a carpenter living a quiet life. But after this, he is giving life everywhere he goes. He's healing and bringing truth to people. And his his busy ministry starts, his worldwide ministry starts right after this wilderness period because he obeyed. But in... um, In the experience of the nation of Israel, you see the opposite thing. Israel uh, worshiped the golden calf in the wilderness. They followed other gods, and that sin would follow them for the rest of their time as a nation in the wilderness and in the promised land to come. And so your obedience here is shaping your future. And so you may be going through a tough time right now, but let me just encourage you to go through this well, because there is an end coming someday. And I don't know what that is. I'm not a health expert, I don't pretend to get that. But I do know that there's an end to this season coming because that's one of the great things about a wilderness. A wilderness is a season. And it may last 40 days, and it may last 40 years, but it will come to an end. And your obedience today in the wilderness will shape your future. And so you've got to go through it well. And that's why I want to give you my wilderness survival tips. I call it my wilderness survival guide to get through it. And these are some things that, to be, to be honest, these are some things I've learned the hard way. Not in this wilderness, but I've been through some periods in my life of confusion, of isolation, where I felt like I wasn't headed towards a goal. Instead, I was kind of wandering around. And those are times where God does a deep work in your life. In fact, last year was one of those times for me. The church was about six, seven years old. And so me and Heather had been working as hard as we could for six or seven years to to make this church go. And, And one of the things about that six or seven year mark is that you kind of realize uh, some things that are true and some things that are not true. You know, when you're one year old, you, as a church, you've got these dreams and you could be anything when you're a year old. But when you're six years old, you know, there's some things you are and there's some things that you're not. And so I went through this period and just said, you know, God, I don't know what you're doing in this. All I can do is hold on to you. And in that season, God rewired my soul, gave me a new passion for ministry, just this desire to double down on the work that is Renewal Church, to bless people like you, people all over our city, our country, our world, just believing that God wanted to renew people's lives through Jesus Christ, to to break them out of old destructive habits, to give them a new way of life, to forgive their past, to give them a future in heaven. And, And God did all this in me. And so if, if any of this is helpful for you, I hope that it is because I learned so much of this the hard way. So here's my wilderness survival tips for you. Here's the first one. In the wilderness, I have to release my life from before the wilderness. I've got to release my life from before the wilderness, you know, when your life is turned upside down and you're isolated and maybe afraid and maybe vulnerable, you just don't know what's happening, there's a tendency to look back to the past and romanticize it. Um, Jesus never did this. Jesus' life before his wilderness was one of um, quiet, unhurried work with his hands as a carpenter. And his life after the wilderness was this kind of, you know, loud, there were always demands on his time, and it would lead him all the way to the cross, which was a place of suffering. And so we don't read about this, but Jesus must have released that old life in the wilderness to move forward into this one. But the the exam, the counterexample to this in the Bible is the nation of Israel. We know that they had trouble releasing the past in the wilderness. Let me read you a short passage from Israel about how this happened. It's in Exodus chapter 16. It says, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt! There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. You know, for them they look back to the past to Egypt and they romanticized it. Did they have some food to eat in Egypt? Yes, of course they did, but they were also slaves. And so they're stuck in this in-between place between Egypt and the promised land. So right now they're in the wilderness and they just keep looking back to Egypt, romanticizing it. And so as a result, they're missing what God is doing in them today because he's trying to shape them into a people who learn to trust him and who learn how to get through the hardships with faith. Now, here's the thing. I believe God is still doing that in your life today. So let me ask you, where are you holding on to Egypt? Are you still saying to yourself, you know, I used to have my own private workspace and I didn't have anybody else bothering me. You know, you know it, was, it was just two weeks ago that my life was full of connections with relationships with other people. And now, you just look back to the past. You look back to Egypt And you're missing what God is doing in you today because in wilderness times, he shapes you. That's what he does. And so I would hate for you to miss out on God's presence in your life today because you keep looking back to Egypt. You have to release your life from before the wilderness. The second survival tip is this. I have to slow down to deepen my connection with God. You know, your life and my life have been turned upside down, we're isolated, and in some ways, you know, some ways there's way more work to do as we adjust to this new reality. And in other ways, you know, I don't have to commute anymore. I I woke up 30 minutes later today, it was amazing. Life has slowed down in some other ways. And we know that when Jesus went into the wilderness, that it was not just a time of stopping, of work and connection and isolation. It was also a time for him of deep connection with God. Um, We don't get this in the book of Mark, but in the book of Luke and Matthew, we see it. So Luke 4, 2 says this about Jesus. For 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. For Jesus, the wilderness was a time of fasting and prayer. Jesus slowed down and connected with his Father. And Jesus learned the lesson in the wilderness that all of us have to learn, which is that when you're isolated, your whole life is turned upside down, you're in a transitionary period, you may feel alone. In fact, you may not have any other people in your life walking with you right now. But when you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, you're never really alone. And I want to talk to those of you today who, when you hear this, you think, man, that that sounds good or nice or beautiful or even interesting, but um, you feel like, 'I, I just don't know about that. It could be that you're trying to go through this and you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus. And that might be why you feel no connection with him. That might be why you feel so incredibly anxious or so incredibly worried about everything that's going on in the world around you is because you just don't have that relationship, But one of the one of the most incredible things about the Bible is it teaches what God's like and it teaches how much he wants to have a relationship with you. God is not picky. He'll take anybody. He took me, he will take you. God um, wants to have a relationship with you. He he loves his kids, even those who have run far away from him. He's like a dad who's always pursuing his runaway kids. And if you want to have a relationship with God today, if you, if you want to be able to connect with him and slow down during this time, at the end of the message today, I'm gonna to pray a prayer. It's a short prayer and it, it goes like this. It says, God, I know that I need you. I need you to forgive my past. I need you to guarantee me a future in heaven and I need your presence with me here today to give me strength and get me through this. God, would you come into my life? I want to follow you. Today and for the rest of my life. Amen. And if you pray that prayer right now or at the end of the message, you can start a relationship with God. And one thing every Christian will tell you is that God is never far away. That the moment you reach out to Him, He is there with you. It's such a beautiful thing. Now, to my Christian friends, those of you who are a part of the church, or those of you who follow Jesus and are watching, here's the challenge for you. Are you slowing down to connect with God or Are you distracting yourself to death? (laughs) I mean, listen, my family, we watch Netflix. I watch Lego Masters with my son. You know, we we do all the fun stuff, but we also make time as a family to do family devotions in the evening. I, I make time in the morning to read the Bible and to journal, to connect with God. Are you distracting yourself to death or are you slowing down to connect with him? All right, so the first two survival tips. Release my life from before the wilderness. Slow down to deepen my connection with God. Number three, I persevere to become more like Jesus. You know, when you're in the wilderness, your life is upside down and you're isolated, one of our greatest temptations is just to quit and say, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm not going through this anymore. But if you quit in the middle of the wilderness, you will miss out on some of the blessings God has for you. Listen to the book of James, uh, chapter one, verses two through four. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, that's one of the most insane sentences that has ever been written in human history. Consider it joy when you go through trials. It's like, how could that possibly be? It's only possible because of what comes after it. Listen to this. Because you know... That the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When you go through through a trial and you stay in it and you persevere, you become mature. And and that just means becoming like Jesus. Someone who loves God with everything they've got and loves people, loves their neighbor as themselves. Now, maturity in the Bible is not about how much of the Bible you know, it's about how much of the Bible you obey. Because we all know people whose heads are filled with Bible knowledge, but their hearts are full of self-righteousness. I personally would much rather hang out with friends who maybe don't know every single verse in this book, but are trying their best to love God with everything and love people with all they've got. And when you persevere, you will grow in maturity. It's one of the blessings that God has for you. So what does it look like to persevere? Well, I thought about that, and here, here's how I think it works. If you're going through the, the wilderness of relational isolation, I think in faith, you need to try to keep connecting. You're not going to give up on connecting. You're not going to give up on community. You're going to say, God, you know, in faith, I'll take a step towards it. And if you're in a community group at the church, you know, do the online community group things. Our groups are doing that on Google Hangouts. They're doing that through Zoom or whatever it is. If you're not in a community group and you think, man, I need that community, I need that connection in my life, we're actually starting an online community group this Tuesday at 6.30. Uh, Ken Gilming, one of our elders, is leading that. If you've ever met Ken, he is literally one of the nicest people who's ever met. But more importantly, he has a shepherd's heart. He is a man that I just love to be with because he's godly and he's encouraging and his presence is life-giving. He's gonna be leading that group on Tuesday at 6.30. And if you want info, information on that group, if you wanna sign up for it, just make sure and fill out the online connection card. There's links on here. If someone's hosting the service for you, they'll drop a link in the chat for you so that you can sign up for that group Tuesday at 6.30, and it's gonna last four weeks. And then, you know, I don't know how long this is gonna go on, but when we're able to get back and gather together, we're gonna get that online community group together if possible and have a party, have some lunch and celebrate together. So take a step of connection if you're in a relational wilderness. If you're in a financial wilderness, I think a step of faith might mean I'm going to stay generous. It's so easy, you know, when times get tight financially to kind of withdraw and say, "I, I need to hoard more of it for myself, but that's not how God's economy works. I've just learned from experience in my own life that the more worried I get about money, the more important it is for me and Heather to be generous. And so maybe you need to to give a gift just to be generous. Maybe you need to meet the need of a neighbor. At Renewal Church, we do have a fund set up for coronavirus relief and benevolence, and 100% of that goes to meet needs in the community. External, it's not going to the operating budget of the church. And so you can log on to renewalchurchboston.com slash give, and you can give a gift to that or you can download the Renewal Church Boston app. That's always the fastest and easiest way to give. Um, if you have that desire in your heart to give, I would say go ahead and do it today because the elders have been already giving financial gifts to help people get through some tough times, making sure they have groceries in particular. No one is ever going to go hungry, not on our watch, not if we have something to say about it. So if God moves you to give, go ahead and give that gift today at RenewalChurchBoston.com give you know, if you're in the wilderness of doubt, maybe to persevere, to take that step of faith is to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen again next week. I'm just going to come back to listen more and learn more. Or maybe it's that dangerous prayer of saying, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. But whatever that looks like for you, persevere in the wilderness because God has a blessing for you on the other side. All right, let's look at our last wilderness survival tip today. Here's the first three to recap. Release my life from before the wilderness. I slow down to deepen my connection with God. I persevere to become more like Jesus. And here's the final one. I love this one. To survive in the wilderness, I have to hold on to the blessings that the wilderness can't steal. I have to hold on to the blessings that the wilderness can't steal. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, there's a lot this world can take away from you. And what you're going through right now, a lot of those key supporting relationships in your life have been stripped away from you. And for some of you, a lot of you, your, your whole source of income has been stripped away from you. For those of you in healthcare, your sense of safety and of like deserving to be healthy has been stripped away from you. And then all of us have experienced at one time or another, death, ripping people out of our lives that we loved. There are so many things this world can take away from you, but there are some blessings that no wilderness can steal from someone who has a relationship with God through Jesus. Let me share a few of them with you. God says that through Jesus, he will forgive your sins and wipe away your past. He says, um, though your sins were like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. In another place it says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you have taken our transgressions from us. And no matter what happens in this world, no one and nothing can take that from us. No wilderness can steal that from us. Here's another blessing. God promises heaven as the future of everyone who has a relationship with him through Jesus. If you've turned from your sins to follow Jesus, you can know that heaven is in your future. You know, it's not a lot of you may not have a relationship with God, and you may think, you know, well, I hope that I go to heaven when I die, but I don't really know. But for the Christian, man, we know that that finish line is coming, and because heaven is our finish line, it gives us strength to run this race today because we just know that there's good things coming at that finish line, and so today we run with strength and perseverance, and there is nothing that can take that from us. Here's another blessing. God's presence is with us. When you have a relationship with God through Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and the Holy Spirit is just God's personal presence. He is with you, which means that no matter how alone you are, you are never truly alone when God is in your life. The Bible says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and I believe that friend is Jesus Christ. He will never leave you, he will never forsake you. Those are the words of the Bible. Those are blessings that the wilderness can't steal. Let me share with you the way that the book of Romans puts it. Romans 8 says this, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what wilderness you are in, because of everything God has done through you, for you through Jesus, you can know, I might be in the wilderness, but I can believe that I am God's child, that he loves me and that he's pleased with me. So focus on the blessings the wilderness can't steal. Now listen, we're all going through a sort of wilderness together due to the coronavirus, a time where life has been turned upside down a time where the the future is uncertain, it seems halfway between Egypt and the promised land, we're stuck, we're isolated, we're vulnerable, and many of you, many of us, are hurting financially. But no matter what wilderness you are going through, you can trust that God is with you through it. He loves you. You are his child, and he's so pleased with you. Now, if you're not a Christian, I told you that at the end of this message, I was gonna give you a chance to start a relationship with God today. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer, the one I mentioned earlier, because God doesn't want you to go through this alone. He wants to be a part of your life because he loves you. He made you, he cares about you, and he has great plans for you. And if God's leading you today, you can pray this prayer along with me. Let's pray. God, I need you in my life. I need you to forgive my sins. Would you wipe my past away? I need you to guarantee me a future in heaven. Would you make heaven my home? And I need you to give me the Holy Spirit so that that I have a personal connection with you. I need strength for today. I need strength to grow and change as a person. So I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. And I believe he can do that because he died on the cross and he rose again. God, I wanna follow you and I wanna know you. Would you come into my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, congratulations. I tell my own children, that is the most important decision you can make as a human being. Um, and if you're wondering, number two is if you choose to get married, who you pick as a spouse. But that relationship that you start with God will completely transform your life like it did for me when I came to faith at 17. If you made that decision today, would you fill out that online connection card for me and just check the box that says I'm choosing to follow Jesus today for the first time because I wanna send you an email and some resources in the mail to help you get started. Hey, thank you for joining us online today. I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series, When Life Turns Upside, down. Next week, we're talking about peace in anxious times. Be safe, be healthy. God bless. See you later.
0: I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.